0: I mentioned a few episodes ago that I might do series 10 on understanding. And the more I've thought about it the more inclined I am to do so or at least to use understanding as the central theme without making the mistake that I was a little bit guilty of making in the truth series of imagining that you can talk about a single word in isolation. So making sense or unmaking sense of understanding, or if you want a rather more pithy title, understanding understanding. What is it? I've had occasion to go back and listen a little bit to some of the episodes in the series on Artificial Intelligence, Series 8. And one of the things that I wanted to say at the outset is that I don't think that any of these GPT incarnations, even the most sophisticated, understands what it's talking about, except in the sense that it will tend to give replies that make internal sense that are internally coherent but even that isn't always true and a health warning here is that if you use any of these things to do anything to do with calculation you need to be very careful because they make egregious mistakes what is I think it's very difficult. Not least because, well, we neglect it by rather taking it for granted. Yet one of the questions that I always ask myself when I'm reading something. Do I understand this and what that almost always means, if I unpack it a bit, is could I do both of two things? Could I engage with somebody who knew what this was about from long experience, Um, let's call them an expert, a specialist. Could I engage with them in a way that didn't make me look foolish and ignorant? And the second thing would be, could I teach it? And I'm not sure which of them is the more important. From the point of view of self-confidence, I suppose the first one is. From the point of view of benevolence, the second one. But in my experience, the best way to learn something that you've never quite understood as the word again is to teach it or to set out to teach it and to engage with the subject as if you were a newcomer to it a student. And there are very few subjects on which it's not possible to engage as if you were new to it. Because when we revisit things we see different aspects of them. Alright, that being so, let me give an example. I've mentioned a few times that we've recently had solar panels installed and as a result of that I set about trying to understand the photovoltaic, photovoltaic effect and how photons excite electrons that then become the vehicles for electron transport, electricity transport, charge transport that produce the current that flows from the photovoltaic array to an inverter and to a battery and to the grid and to your house. I'm not going to go into that here. But in the process of trying to understand this I realise that I really have no very secure understanding of particle physics at all. And so I started reading a bit more. And one thing led to another. I found myself reading about the difference between bosons and fermions, which I'll come back to. And I found myself reading about protons and neutrons and electrons are fermions and the composition of atoms and then there's another lifelong interest how nuclei can become bigger and bigger heavier and heavier with more and more protons and neutrons in order to create the essential elements from which we are formed especially carbon and oxygen but a whole heap of others as well. And all along in this process, the question that was constantly in my mind, the two questions, were those that I've already mentioned. Could I engage with somebody who already knew this in a reasonably intelligent conversation, even if my role was largely to ask reasonably intelligent questions? Not necessarily complicated questions. I don't know enough about it to do that, but certainly good questions, questions that merit asking. I teach it. And I more or less came to the conclusion that I could give a tentative affirmative answer to both of those questions. But the questions that I wanted to ask, which I very often put to our GPT friends first because they don't laugh at you if you ask a silly question, as I've said before. The questions that I originally put to it weren't really answered very well. I didn't discover what I think is the best solution to the strong force question from either GPT 3.5 or 4. I eventually Googled it in the time-honoured fashion and found a little article somewhere which explained it in terms of potential wells, and that then made sense. But what it did, and this is why I'm talking about this in the context of an introductory session on understanding, is it managed to connect what I'd been talking about which had seemed very alien, remote, hard to understand, with something that I'd already come across. And in teaching, in particular, we are very much in the business of making such connections. It's almost as though we are in the business of translating unfamiliar vocabulary, which can even seem like a foreign language, a language of gauge, Symmetries and manifolds and symmetry groups and all the like translating that language into something more familiar like translating from Chinese into English. So in terms of the teaching side I felt that the people who've done a lot of this whether it were Wikipedia or even our chatbot friends, perhaps especially our chatbot friends, were stringing words together. But I wasn't entirely convinced that behind those words there lay what I at least think of as understanding. Because what I would say is, and this is my sort of first mantra for the series, if it becomes a series, it more clearly. Now this is a principle that will be hotly contested by some of my more intelligent, clever, and knowledgeable friends. They would say that the translation that I'm talking about just can't be achieved. And that the only way you're ever going to get to grips with particle physics, the standard model string theory, Penrose's twisters and the like, is by diving in on a sink or swim basis and we'll see which of you can swim and which of you sink and then we'll take those of you that can swim seriously and maybe train you a bit more and eventually you may become a Nobel Prize winner but those that sink, those that sink, we're just going to let go just going to ignore them as useless failures, because they didn't survive the the test that we put them to. And this, as I'm sure I've said before, was at least, when I was there, very much the approach of Oxford, certainly the mathematics faculty, to anybody that was an undergraduate. You were either good enough or you weren't. And the notion that anybody should try and remedy. Your defect was just felt to be laughable and probably impossible. But I've said a lot about that before, I'm not going to go into it here. But there is a lot of it about. There are a lot of people who will take the view, well you don't understand this at first flush, so you never will. You simply never will. There's no point in pretending that if you work hard enough you'll get a grip of this because you won't it gets harder, and if you can't understand the beginning, you're certainly not going to be able to understand what comes later. Well, maybe, maybe not. I certainly think that that attitude is reprehensible, indeed unforgivable, to anybody who is pretending to teach, which is why I don't think that most people are well served by the Oxford and Cambridge systems and probably a few others as well, because they're very much run by people who have that attitude and who therefore don't think that they should bend the knee to the requirements of making what they know available. But that's just to say that they're not teachers at all. they may be lecturers But that's another thing. Part of the skill of teaching is knowing where the emphasis needs to be put. It involves differentiating between what is fairly simple to get hold of and what isn't. And of course this varies from student to student. One of the things that a lot of the authors I'm referring to and thinking about let themselves down or reveal their true colours is that they've lost sight of the relative difficulty of some of the things that they first encountered a long time ago in the elementary foothills of a particular topic. And they let themselves down and give the game away because they will suddenly insert something that is blindingly obvious as though it was wasn't in the midst of something that isn't. And they do this all the time. So they'll pretend or imagine that they're starting somewhere accessible when they're not and then say something that is accessible without realizing that it is. So when I understand something what can I do that I couldn't do when I didn't understand it? Well I think that there is a a very large number of things that I can do when I understand something. The most important of which is that I can do new things with it. If I understand a problem, I can tackle new problems. I may have an encyclopedic knowledge of the problems that have already been solved. I may have the kind of mind that absorbs things like the problems that have been solved and their solutions but I only absorb them in a way that allows me to reproduce them I don't absorb them in a way that allows me to use them and I'm not sure that that really constitutes understanding at all but I think that that is the kind of understanding that we come across with the chatbots they have absorbed and been trained on an enormous body of information they can manipulate it remarkably well, but they can only deal with what they've already got. They can't take you forward. And the key question always is, what do you do when you don't know how to go on? And very often we don't know how to go on, and that's when our understanding begins to bite, have significance. I've spoken many a time about the process of feeling flustered, about feeling drained and empty. When I'm addressing a problem that I can't solve, but I usually don't solve it by consciously thinking about it, I leave my non conscious to work on it, and it will suddenly pop an answer into my head, or not, as the case may be, after some time. In the meantime, life's fairly miserable. So, what am I aiming to say here? Well, a lot of things, because this is just the beginning. But I think that the main thing is that in order to be able to engage in an intelligent conversation with somebody, and therefore satisfy my first criterion, or to teach something, which is my second, you've got to be able to do things with it you've got to understand it it's got to be as familiar to you as your left or right hand if it's like uh, something in a toolbox, a tool that you've never used then you won't be able to wield it effectively, whether in conversation or in a classroom and there is a kind of I would call it pseudo-understanding that is exhibited by chatbots and indeed by some human beings who can sound as if they understand something because they are very good at mimicking and regurgitating and quoting and using the language in ways that seems to make sense but that behind that seeming sense there is nothing and they can't take it on and they can't do anything with it they can only parrot objections and questions often at a very high level but not in ways that really enlighten or that take the conversation forward and I think that the prime reason for that is that they have not learnt to question they've not learnt to ask the right kinds of questions in the right ways. Particle physics is a lot like religion and doctrinal conformity in this sense, that you can probably get a first by remembering the accepted answers to standard questions. And if you've got a good enough memory you can appear to understand the reality is that you don't understand you can't do anything with it you can't take it forward because you've never been prepared to take the risk of asking the questions that really need to be asked now i did see read somewhere quite recently that you can ask a chat model, GPT model to ask questions rather than give answers. I haven't tried yet but it's on my list. That would be interesting because if it asked you questions then it would be a way of discovering whether you understood the answers as well as it does. Whether you could do something with it all. Because my strong suspicion is that a lot of people can't. That a lot of people who apparently understand, don't really understand. And I'll leave it there for now, because I'm not sure where I'm going with this at the moment. Thank you for listening.